Alright, so I want to read out of Isaiah 55. It says in verse 1, it says, Wait and listen. Everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which uh, is not bread? Now listen to this, which is not bread. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread? Your earnings for what does not satisfy. Hearken diligently to me. Eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Now if you, if you read this, you understand that it says, why do you spend your money for, uh, for that which is not bread? And then he explains something about the bread that you really need. And this bread, he says, you eat it like this. You hearken diligently. You eat what is good. You let your soul delight itself in fatness. Verse 3 explains it clearly. It says, incline your ear. Hear and your soul will revive. Hear and your soul will revive. He says here, it's a prophetic book. So he says, why do you spend your money for that which does not satisfy? Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? He says, hearken diligently to me. Eat what is good. Eat what is good. In other words, this is true bread. And this is the bread that you need. You need to incline your ear to what I have to say. You need to hear and your soul will revive. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so we speak about revival many times or we need revival. We want to see revival all over the world. And, and we pray for that. We believe for that. But here it says that you can have a personal revival. <laughs> and revival always starts with you. So you can be revived simply by hearing. Simply by inclining your ear to what God is saying. Alright, so are you with me? This is going to be a special day. I want to share just, just about the value of hearing and how you hear the word of God and what effect it will have in your life. Let's go to Psalms 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down where the scornful gather. But his delight and desire, it says, is in the law, of the Lord. Now it says, and on his law, it says his precepts, his instruction or his teaching. He habitually meditates by day and by night. Now you and I know that we live in, in a new agreement, a better agreement. So we're not meditating upon the law. <laughs> we meditate upon the teaching and the word of Jesus. So as we meditate upon his words, it says that it says the following it says we meditate upon his words let's read verse 3 it says and he shall be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water ready to bring forth its fruit in its season its leaf shall not fade or wither and everything it does shall prosper now if i tell you today listen i have i have a secret and in this, this secret, 
is the, like you, there's a secret that you can get. And if you get it, everything that you do will prosper. I mean, I think everyone will just grab hold of it and say, please tell us the secret. Yeah, you know, if you see how people go for motivational talks and um, motivational messages and how people try and just get the keys, what can make them successful? How can they be successful in life? If I tell you, you'll prosper in everything that you do, <laughs> like everything you touch, well, you will just prosper in it. Here's the secret. And the secret is simple. It's, sim it's simply this. You must be this tree planted by the river. That means you put your roots, your life, next to the river. And the river here is the Word of God. As you meditate, as you hear and meditate upon His words, you will be like that tree planted by the river. Alright, so, and, and your leaf will not wither. And everything that you do will prosper. Now, that is the heart of the Father. That is the heart of God. He has not changed. You know, if, it, if you read it in, in um, Psalms 1, um, you can also read it in different other places. I think it's in Joshua uh, 1. It's, it says more or less the same thing. And then Jeremiah 17. It says that if you put your trust in Him, let's read it. Let's read Jeremiah uh, 17 from verse 7. It says, Blessed is the man who believes. Who trust. Now this, this says it a little different. It says, the man who believes and trusts, this man is blessed. Alright? And put his trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in the Lord. This man will be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads its root out by the river, and it shall not, uh, uh, and it shall not see and fear when heat comes. But its leaf will, shall be green. It shall not be anxious and full of care in the year of drought. Nor shall it cease yielding fruit. Isn't that amazing? The man who trusts in the Lord, it says, he will be like that tree, the same as Psalm 1. You'll be like that tree planted by the river. And you will not even be anxious when you see heat coming. Because you are planted by the river. And as you plant it by the river, your leaf will remain green. And it says that you will not cease to yield fruit. Hallelujah. This is so amazing. Just these two verses. Just think of it. The, um, I, I started off last year, um, the beginning of last year, this word was just coming. And I've been preaching it ever since. That God's desire for us is to be those trees planted by the river. I have a desire to change the world. I have the compassion of Jesus in my heart. I have the love of Jesus in my heart. And I want to see the world saved. I want to see revival. I want to see cities transformed, nations transformed. There's no end to the things that I have in my heart concerning what I want to see out there. But the way to see that out there is not by trying and putting your own effort in there. It's simply by use. Um, you basically stop. You rest. <laughs> you trust that that trust comes like Hebrews 4 it says um, enter the rest rest means faith the only way you can rest is when you believe the only way you can believe is when you hear all right so I already gave you a clue there if you want to see the transformation in in the world out there and in first of all in your own life life of your family 
the life of the uh, people around you, your city, your nation, and the nations of the world. If you want to see that, God is saying to us today, this is the word for me as well. He says, Manus, be that tree planted by the river. Focus on getting your roots next to the river. Focus on hearing and hearing and hearing the word to the extent that it manifests out from within. You know, what is in comes out as you hear the word. And that is how you will change the world. That is how you will impact the world. All right. So to be that tree planted by the river. All right. So what I mean is you incline your ear. You focus and emphasize this true heavenly bread. And you eat from the true heavenly bread. Let's go to a, a scripture that I love reading. It's in Song of Solomon. I just want to read it. Oh, let me just get it. Song of Solomon. Let's just see here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Song of Solomon 2. All right. Listen to, listen to this beautiful picture of, of Jesus, the beloved shepherd and his bride. Now, this is a beautiful picture of intimacy, Christ with his church. All right. Now, listen to this. Like an apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved shepherd among the sons. Under his shadow I delighted to sit, and his fruit was sweet for my taste. I hope you're getting this. It says, like an apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved shepherd among the sons. Under his shadow I delighted to sit, and his fruit is sweet for my taste. <laughs> Alright? Verse 4, it says, He brought me to his banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Alright, so, you know, there's a song also, he brought me to his banqueting table, and his banner over me is love. So, but the banqueting table is a place of feasting. It's a place of eating. Alright, so, if you look at the, con the context here, verse 3, it says, my, the fruit of my, my beloved shepherd, the fruit of my shepherd, my beloved shepherd, is so amazing. It's like, it's like an apple tree in the middle of the woods. <laughs> this is this this beautiful apple tree in the middle of the woods. There's beautiful fruit, and that fruit is sweet for my taste. Referring to the same thing, speaking of of its words. And so the he says he brought me to his banqueting house, and his banner over me is love. Now let's go to John chapter six. I, like I said, a lot of you have heard me preach this, but today this is a very good reminder for you. <laughs> That we need to hear the word of God. We need to feast on his words. I'm just going to throw it in here. The bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. But his words that he's, that he's speaking. That's how, you, that's how you eat what is good. That's how Isaiah 55 explains it. That's how you will hear. That's how you will feast. That's how you will eat what is good. And so a words coming from the mouth of Jesus. There's a scripture, there's a few places, but I'm thinking of where Jesus was tempted in the desert, where he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now let's go to John 6 and just make sure that you see this, that Jesus is the bread of life 
and that we are literally living from every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Okay, so if he says, he brought me to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. It's speaking of a place of feasting, a place of eating. Psalms 1 says we should be that tree. That's another picture, but it's the same concept that as we eat from the word of life, we will bear the fruit of that life. All right, so it says the apple tree, the fruit of the tree. All right, so I'm just going to explain this in John 6 again. We look at it, but it's not a technical message. After this message today, and even as you hear me today, you will understand that complete transformation comes through your ears. <laughs> the change that you want to see, the changed world that you want to see, even thinking of changing the world versus thinking of hearing the words of Jesus. You know, you have to basically say, yes, I want to change the world and then just go plant yourself next to the river. <laughs> All right. Um, that doesn't mean you won't go out and preach. It simply means that constantly as you go out and preach and share the gospel with people, you've, you've made the main thing the main thing. And that is to keep on hearing. You know, I've, I've seen so many of my friends that, you know, they, they, they want they, 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 in the past. That they want to just preach and change the world. And, and I'm so excited when people get that vision. But I always know there's, a, there's, there's such an importance that, that many times goes missing when they forget the value of hearing. And maybe you are one of those preachers that you, you, you went with that passion. You want to go and change the world. Maybe there's a preacher watching me today. And you are a preacher of the gospel. We're all preachers of the gospel, so, to be honest. But I'm talking about someone you, you're in ministry and you can't understand things are not working. You're not seeing the change that you want to see. God is saying to you today, maybe it's, you need to get back to the, with your roots next to the river. You need to emphasize hearing again. And when you emphasize hearing, you're going to see the effect and it's, it's not you trying harder to change the world or making an impact or building a ministry. But it's basically you, you putting all the effort to be the tree. <laughs> and it's so simple. Even for myself, you know, like, like I said, it's the love that moves us. And we want to see the world changed. But at the end of the day, if I'm not a tree planted by the river, I have no fruit. <laughs> I cannot impact my world. If I'm not the tree planted by the river. Okay, so this is not a condemning thing. You know there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And so you can just hear me today and just pull up your roots and go and plant yourself next to the river. I'm intending to do the same again. Actually, day by day, I want to do that more and more. To be the tree planted by the river. God says, if you do that, everything that you do will prosper. Like he said to Joshua, if you meditate upon my word, upon my law, everything you do will prosper. Same thing. All right. And so you meditate upon his words, uh, the words of Jesus Christ. All right. So John chapter six. <laughs> I'll just I'll just uh, start at verse 27. Now, Jesus just multiplied the bread. All right. So it's a picture of, of what I'm going to share now. He multiplied the bread, also the fish, but for our explanation today, the bread. And he gave food to 5,000 people and there was just 12, there was more than 12 baskets of leftover. Just out of a, 
like a small a, a boy's lunch, right? He, he multiplied the bread. Okay, so, and then the people followed him when he left. And, and he said, you follow me because you, you, you got full. You should have followed me because you saw the miracle. All right, that's, that's the context there. But verse 27, he says, stop toiling and doing. Listen, it's the same as Isaiah 55. Why do you work for, for, for that? Or why do you spend money for that which does not satisfy? Why do you work for, for that which is not truly bread? This is the same thing. He says, stop toiling and doing and producing for the food that simply perish and decompose. But strive and work and produce for the food which endures unto life eternal. The Son of Man will give you that. Now there's an important part of the verse there. The Son of Man will give you that. He says stop toiling and working for food that just decompose and it will perish. Rather strive and work for food that will endure unto life eternal. And the Son of Man will give it to you. Isn't that awesome? So put your attention from natural food. Put your attention on, on, on eating and feasting on the word of life. The words of Jesus. The bread of life. And so, but I have good news for you. If you put your attention there, the Son of Man will freely give it to you. Okay. All right. So that's why you need to focus there. And then he will give it. He says, For God the Father authorized, certified him, and put his seal of endorsement upon him. They then said, What are we to do that we may be habitually be working the works of God? Jesus replied, This is the work that God asks of you, that you believe in the one whom he has sent. All right, so this is the sum total of the work. That it's required, required from believers today. Listen, this is the sum total. This is, the, this is, this is our work. And it is to believe <laughs> in Jesus Christ. So Christ finished the work. We need to simply believe in what he did. And that is the work that is required of us. Isn't that amazing? Alright, so, but he says, don't work for food that will perish. Work for food that will endure unto life eternal. The Son of Man will give it to you. And then a few times in the same chapter, I think three times, Jesus said, I am. I'll just read it to you. Verse um, 48. He says, I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the wilderness and yet they died. But this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and never die. I am this living bread. That came down from heaven. Alright. So one day I shared this word. And I was preaching out of John 6. And as I preached the message. Um, afterwards we saw it. I read this part. I said I am the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. I am the living bread. And I am the bread that came down from heaven. As I said it. A little piece of. We still don't know what it is. It looked like bread, but it was it could have been a feather or something, but a small, um, almost like, I get the idea, it's like manna, it's like bread that came down. And it just went slowly, 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 and it just rested right upon the pulpit. Okay. 
Now, I didn't notice it when I was preaching, but we saw it afterwards. It was so clear right in front and it just rested on the pulpit. And so it was a supernatural thing that basically happened, you know. But the, the point is just this, that Jesus is the bread of life. His words, you know, is, is spirit and life. If you read on in John 6, he says, um, he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the people were really, really offended. And everyone walked away. And Jesus said to his disciples, do, do you also want to go? And they said, where will we go? Peter replied, he said, you, with you, are the words of life. And then he said it, he's, uh, uh, with you. He says, where will we go? Let, let, let's just read it. And then in verse 63, Jesus said, this, um, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh conveys no benefit whatever. The words that I've been speaking to you, they are spirit and they are life. Isn't that awesome? They are spirit and they are life. Okay, I'll quickly explain. The body of Jesus Christ is that bread of life, you know, in a sense. When we take communion, we think of what Christ did. And we, we basically, by taking communion, we partake by faith in the fact that He died on that cross. And so that is the way we we eat and partake of the body and the blood of Jesus through the communion. Okay, so that is one aspect of it. And so, but there's another aspect of it. And I believe it's living from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Everything that God says, everything that He speaks. It's not just reading the Bible that gives life. It's the words coming from the lips of Christ. What He speaks gives life. And so you feast on His words. Alright, so we partake of the body and the blood of Jesus. We partake in that sense when we eat, we live. That's one way of eating ourselves into, into victory and into life. We partake of the communion. We can do it often, day by day, as often as we can. You know, we can partake of the communion and think of what Christ did. Don't judge yourself, don't condemn yourself. Um, the only uh, discerning that you need to do or the only way you need to actually um, judge yourself is in this context. Do you realize this is the Lord's body? So I explained it previously that it's not a self-examination looking at your faults and failures, but it's examining yourself in this sense. Do you realize that when you partake of the communion, it is the body and the blood of Jesus? It is, it is Christ crucified. All right. So that's the one way. But then there's another way of, of feasting and eating. There's another way of eating and feasting, <laughs> you know, on the bread of life. And that is now the risen Lord Jesus Christ that speaks. And when He speaks, and when we hear, it's literally like eating from the bread of life. It's literally like feasting on His words. It's, it's, it's what Isaiah 55 says, Hearken diligently to me, hear, let your soul delight itself in fatness, hear, and your soul will revive. So the word of God, as we hear it, has that effect on us. Now I can explain it in simple terms. Why does the word of God have such an effect on us? Now I'll quickly go through this again. Hebrews 4, it says that we should strive. See, see the same in John 6, it says strive for the food. That endures unto life eternal. The Son of Man will give it. 
but make that the striving. Right? Now Hebrews 4 says the same thing in a different way. It says strive to enter the rest. Now, it's, it's almost, when I read it for years, I thought, how can I strive to enter the rest? I thought I need to rest in order to rest. Okay? So, but it says we should labor. We should strive. We should labor to enter into the rest. And I thought, how will I do this? And then it just opened up to me that the moment I believe, that is the moment that I truly rest. I've seen myself worried, stressed up. <laughs> even, even though I believe these things, I don't experience this 24 hours a day, 7 days a week yet. But I intend to do it to do in the future. All right? But so I see myself worried, stressed up and all kinds of stuff. But then I start to believe. And that moment I believe, rest comes. It's supernatural. It's like you just rest because you believe. But I want to take it one step further because that belief that brings rest also has something that causes it. And that is the hearing or when you hear. For instance, you, this is now a natural example. You, you have a loved one that's in, uh, that, that maybe is very sick and, or has been in an accident and this, this person is now um, in, op uh, they're operating and you're worried and the whole family is out there worried about this person, right? Then the doctor comes out and the doctor tells you he's fine, all right? So, or it went well, he's fine. Immediately you now rest and relax because you, you've heard that it's fine. But I want to tell you, before the doctor came to you, He's, he was fine a few minutes before the doctor actually came to tell you that he's fine. All right. Now, in the same sense, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. And when you hear the gospel preached or when you hear the words of Jesus, it produces faith. Okay, so the words of Jesus, the reason it is so powerful, it is always directed towards the finished work of Jesus, what He did, and who you are because of it. And so when you hear those words, it has power to save you and change you. Alright, so it, because of, of, of what it is, you know, and because of what He says, but also because of the Spirit, the life of God that is in every word that He speaks. One thing, before I continue, <laughs> one thing you need to know, and, and very few Christians understand this, but may you be the one that really gets this. And then also, I pray that everyone will understand this. But the words of Jesus is not information. It's, that's why there's so many different doctrines. And you can actually have your doctrine perfectly figured out. And still when you preach, there's no power and no one experience anything. But if you speak from the Spirit of God and have a revelation of the Word, and when you speak... Lives are impacted through the message that you bring. Okay, so the words of Jesus is not information. The words of Jesus is more like food. <laughs> but it's spiritual food. And so it contains life in it. So the moment you hear the word of Jesus, there's something. It's, it's given for a reason. It's given for a purpose. It is given to produce something in you. So whenever Jesus speaks... 
His word will not return void. I wanted to read that in Isaiah 55. But His word, His word will come and it will accomplish that for which it was sent. And so when God speaks, His words are full of spirit and full of life. It's not information. <laughs> Therefore, I tell people, you can basically hear the word as often as, as possible. You can put it on in your house like a CD with the gospel or the message of the good news. You can read the Bible with the perspective that you are a, a new creation in Christ and that you live in the New Testament. You can read. You can, you can, you can never get enough of the word. And you can hear it and hear it. And you don't need a new message every day. Basically, you need the same one until it produces the results. <laughs> you need the same message until you see it manifest in your life. The word of God is not given as information. Every word that God speaks is given for a reason. And the reason is that you should see it manifest in your life. Everything he says if you read about healing, it is not so that you might know something about healing. It is so that you might be healed physically and so that you might um, be able to minister healing to others physically. So it's never just a word concerning information of this is, this is how healing works and now you know. <laughs> it's not about knowing. God wants that leg to walk. <laughs> God wants that eye to see. God wants that ear to hear. That's why you read it. It's given for a reason. He sent His Word and, his word and, his, and He healed them and delivered them from destruction. And so the Word was sent to heal and deliver us from destruction. Alright? So when God speaks, I'm telling you, if we lay hold of this message today, we're going to see revival. I'm, it's going to start with us. And people will come to see what God is doing in our lives. Right? But you're going to be that tree planted by the river. I'm going to be that tree planted by the river. Let's be where we should be in Christ and plant ourselves next to the word. Don't put hearing secondary. Don't upgrade yourself from hearing to preaching. I'm talking to my preaching, my preacher friends. If you're listening to me today, uh, you're, not, you're not upgraded from hearing to preaching. Basically, hearing is the highest level. <laughs> and while you are preaching, you need to keep on hearing. That's, that's the main problem with most preachers today, is that we want to become a voice, and we want to, our voices to, to, to impact. But the impact and the, 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 the power in our message is as, as we are that tree planted by the river. And so, basically, our message will have far more impact. We'll still preach. You can't keep a preacher quiet. You will always preach. <laughs> but we will preach with power, with signs, with wonders and with miracles. It's the same for me. It's the same for you. I'm encouraging you today. Uh, this message is, is to set you free and to bring you into that life of, of, of living in a manifestation of the power of Christ.